Hey, fellow warriors. Welcome to the Azar Mindset Podcast with your host, Altamese Nicole. She's an award-winning founder to the Azar Agency, a philanthropist, mother, daughter, and friend. Here with the Azar Mindset Podcast, we cultivate a safe space and community to be inspired by women worldwide that strive to be the best version of themselves boldly, softly, and unapologetically. And Azar is a warrior created to help. So let's begin to help one another in family, fun, faith, life, and love. joining me for yet another episode of the Azar Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Altamese Nicole, and I am so excited to just dive into this yummy, juicy, amazing, inspirational, thought-provoking, honest, accountable conversation that I am about to have with my amazing sister friend, Tanya Turner, who actually started as one of my mentors. And we're going to talk about the beautiful gift of mentorship. Um, but before we dive in, just want to give you a little insight of who Tanya Turner is. So she is a director of human resources now uh, with over 25 plus years of experience in the HR industry. And she is a powerhouse uh, for women and encouraging women to follow their dreams unapologetically speak up for themselves in the workplace and make sure that they leave their own mark in however way they feel and however way they desire. And that's actually what led us into connecting. Um, at the time I was, Oh my gosh, Tanya, how old were you? I was young. I was like 21, 22. Somewhere in that area. And I hate to even mention how old I was, but let's carry on with that. Let's carry on. <laughs> So I was I was a baby child and I was in CNN, mm -hmm. bright eyed and bushy tailed, mm -hmm. and just hungry for I feel like hungry for everything and I wanted I wanted to succeed so badly. However, I didn't know certain tools. I didn't know office politics for one. I didn't know. I didn't know any of those things that keep you on the straight and narrow when you are in corporate America and help you to succeed. And that is actually how I met the beautiful Tanya. So welcome, Tanya. Oh, welcome, thank you welcome. so much. You know what, Ultimates, I am. I'm just sitting here remembering our conversation at Turner. Remembering that booth? Oh, we yes. were talking because a, a, a mutual friend of ours you know, yes. the power of connection connected us together. And I remember we were sitting on that bridge. Yes. That was our first conversation. That was like our it first was. real conversation. I yes. on the right, you on the left. Oh. And we were just talking and I was like, ah, oh, this is, this is going to be good. And it's going to be yeah. interesting. But what's equally interesting is the fact to sit here and watch you. I'm so I'm so overwhelmed. I don't want to get all teary-eyed on your podcast, but I'm happy for you because I remember when for the both of us, what you don't re remember or realize is that you were mentoring me as well. And I cannot wait to get into the juicy details, into the transparency of it all, because I know today we're going to have a real conversation. Yes, we will. We will. And you touched on this a little bit, the power of connection, right? Like, I feel like God uses specific people specifically for specific things, if you get what I'm saying. I do. Because you know I, mean? I do believe that the person who connected us was purely to connect us <laughs> and go on and move out of the way. Yes. But, like, I am so very, 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 very grateful that he even thought, like, he was like, I got somebody you need to talk to. Like, literally, that's, I got somebody you need to talk to. And she, she in my department, go on, let me, let me give you her email. Go on and email her. Reach out. And then literally, years later, you yeah. have us right here. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's, it's,
it's just mind blowing because the same thing happened to me. He said, I have a young lady that I want you to meet. And I met a lot of people at that job. And some were instrumental in my development and some just really just showed me some things not to do. Right. Yeah. And so when I met you, you were, you said that you were probably at 21. I can't even remember Altamese, but I know that I was probably in my thirties. Uh, maybe I don't think I was going in my forties yet, but when I met you, I was like, wow, she is super mature. Uh, super interesting, uh, very well-spoken, and I just had an instant connection with you. I don't I don't know how you felt during that meeting, but we talked for a moment, and we started off talking that one day, and it just blossomed into so many different things, of which I'm sure we'll talk about today. Yes, 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 and did you know in that moment on that bridge <laughs> with me that you were actually signing up to be a mentor like did you know I want to mentor her or was that because in my head I I knew <laughs> I knew that you were my mentor like I don't know if I said that out loud but I was like yep mm-hmm, it's her it's she's one mm-hmm like, you know, I never know? asked. Like, we never, we, it was not spoken. It was like an unspoken no. rule that I was maybe a few steps ahead of you in terms of on my career journey, and you were yeah. merging in to your specific yeah. lane. And all you needed to know is what do I need on this journey to drive to my destination yeah. for purpose? So I did feel that I felt an instant connection with you. You were easy to talk to. But you never asked me and nor did I say, hey, did you need a mentor or did you ask me, could you be my mentor? I think it was just understood. We're just going to rock this out. You know, yeah. I'm here. I'm here because it's giving it's giving. I'm going to help this woman out, this young lady out. And what I got in return, I didn't even know I was going to learn from you. That was the blessing right there. I learned so much from you. I cannot wait to share some of the things that you blessed me with during this conversation as well. Oh my gosh, girl. Listen, I will never, ever, ever forget the conversation on the bridge. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a specific time in my career where I wanted to transition from the news division to entertainment. And Y'all, y'all understand the seasons of life. Like there are certain seasons where you just, you feel like you in the valley. Like it's just nothing is going right. You trying, you trying, you take two steps ahead, you get kicked back five. You got to make up the, like, that's kind of where I was. Cause I, I felt like I was ready for the next position yet. Nothing was opening up. And I remember reaching out to an executive and he was a white male. And I, you know, was so excited to hear what he had to share with me. And, you know, I went over to our other campus and I wanted to just learn from him because he was in the entertainment side. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting at a table in the cafeteria with him and he had a napkin and he had the napkin in front of him. And he said, you know, it sounds like what you're looking for is here. And he pointed at that napkin and he said, but we don't have that. He said, where you are is here and pointed outside of the napkin. Which means outside like, of the organization. And he said, I don't know if what you're looking for, we even have. And I remember leaving that conversation so defeated. Only to get to my car. You remember this? And that day, uh, I that remember day this. Start. Um, and I didn't know who else to call but Tanya. <laughs> I literally was in tears in this parking garage on the other campus. And my mm -hmm. car wouldn't start after this executive literally just told me, like, what you want doesn't even exist. Like, and Tanya, not only did she 
have somebody in facilities and properties help me. They came and jumped my car. She knew she knew who to contact because I didn't know. You know, I had no idea. I just knew that I was devastated and my car wouldn't start. She got somebody to come out there, jump my car, and then she sat and y'all, she prayed with me and she reminded me that I was meant for greater. Even when that person said mm-hmm. that what I wanted didn't even exist. Like she literally poured into me in a moment that like y'all it, it just felt so low if i'm honest you know like um yes i had a job yes bills were being paid but i wasn't happy and it was tanya's assurance it was her mentorship it was her resources because she knew exactly who to call to have them come and jump my car and i think they were there in like five minutes it didn't even take a lot of time but she took that time out of her day because I want to say it was like around lunchtime or maybe it was like a little it bit was, after. Because you had an and early morning conversation. Um, and I remember that day too, Altamese, like yesterday. I just appreciate you saying that because it, it got me all misty eye because we've all been there, too. right? Where somebody tries to tell you about you and about your purpose, about what God has in store for you, about your dreams. So I, I understood that. But what's funny about that is that it goes back to the relationships, right? So when you told me that, I've always been resourceful. And I had established relationships with security and properties at that time. And I knew, unbeknownst to you, that they could jumpstart your car. Like they had the equipment, unbeknownst to a lot of people, because nobody thought that um, they only thought that they secured the location. They didn't understand that they actually maintain the building so if somebody's car or if you need to call somebody that's the first place you need to call so I already knew who was the captain that was on duty I already knew like where I needed to call and because of the fact that I had influence I was gonna trade in um just a favor like hey just go over there and see like what's going on and I think I actually came to the building or something happened I don't know if I was working there at the time because we've been both of us have been back and forth at the different buildings and I remember that like it was yesterday because the conversation that we had and the fact that you were trying to move your career in a different direction and just to think that where you are now or where you were thinking prior to i'm just blown away because that person and i don't even know who they are but it's just the outcome of somebody sharing with you that almost like you don't fit in to the equation or you know you don't have a space here and so i just remember i don't remember everything but i just remember telling you that you're, you, you may be here, you may not be here, but wherever you're going to be, it's not going to be no napkin conversation. It's going to be greater than that. So I was happy at that time that I was able to use the resources that I had and to use my painful experiences because I learned a lot, you know, working in HR. And like I said, it was painful learning. And so I just wanted to kind of share with you at the time, just woman to woman, like, hey, don't don't drop your crown, pick it up. You might've stepped on it. Somebody might've rolled <laughs> through it at the parking lot, but go get it, right, yeah, friend? Yeah. Go get it, put it back on your head, cry about it. See, that's what people want you to do. Buck up, don't cry about it. No, cry about it. But tomorrow, you know, you weep for a night and then joy kind of comes in in the morning. Yeah, so... Yeah. That now, if you look at that, think about that now, Altamese. Think about that conversation and where you are now. Mm. You needed that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And and y'all, he wasn't wrong. He, he was wasn't wrong. wrong. That, uh, he, that, that part. He, wa- he wasn't that part. wrong. So when I f- officially transitioned over to the entertainment department, y'all, that was a role created. I was the first in the entire network to hold a position as such. He was not wrong, but that's how God moves. You know, like he makes a way. Like if there isn't one, if there isn't a role that's perfect for you, best believe God can literally carve out a seat 
a title, a role, a position just for you. Mm-hmm. And no one else have had it. And you can literally walk into it and set precedence for other people. And that's literally what happened. Literally what happened. I was that post that you posted out on Facebook, was that when you started that job? Yes. Ah, that's what I was like. Yeah, I think it was when you yes. started that job because I think your dream and your desire was to always go to Cartoon Network. It was. Um, it was your dream and your desire. And so when we first started talking, I know that the individual had who introduced us was working over at Techwood, right, at the other campus. Yep. And he dealt a lot with the entertainment piece. Now, That's I was right. still in the corporate area, but I had been at the company for so many years that I knew just about practically everybody. Um right. And the reason why I knew it, Altamese, is because I taught new hire orientation. Mm. So when I taught new you, you see how God jungle gym stuff? So I taught new hire orientation. So when everybody came into the company, I knew everybody. So at first, these are the things that God, you know, you don't want to do because right, you right, feel right. like, I don't want to do this, you know. This is taxing. Yep. I got to remember all of these fun facts and who who did this and what about the I nine and not knowing that those things that you've learned mm. will serve benefit not only to yourself but to others. Mm. So that's how I knew. I mean, because orientation friend was about twenty five to thirty people. You know it, right? It and it was a rotation. They would they would one would finish. A new batch are coming in. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, because at the time, you know, the company had over 10,000 employees. Yeah. Yeah. And so just the fact 10,000 employees, two women meet each other in one building. But all those people floating in and in, in and out of there, and one conversation between a mutual person that we both know, and here we sitting here today. One doing their dream job because I remember when you were like, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do this, and and for me, like I'm just at a point in my career where I'm just giving back. I'm not even. I don't have to go a step further. I'm just giving back. So like, share share with us like some of your learning lessons along the way because mm-hmm. one of the things that I immediately picked up from you is that your heart and your heart position and giving to others, it was connected to the fact that you may have not experienced what you're giving out. And you wanted to make sure that no one felt what you felt. So like, share with us like some of your journey in terms of how, you know, before meeting 21-year-old Altamese, who fell in love with you and was like, oh my gosh, she's my mentor. <laughs> like, how did you, like, what what got you to that place? Because I know you talk about, you know, being over orientation and all of that, but like, did you have a mentor through that process? And yeah. who had your back? It, it yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think for me, if I had a do-over, I would have loved to have some of the opportunities that we talk about now, even like with my daughter and what your daughter will potentially have. I, I think some of the life lessons that I've learned, uh, it's a few. I think that one thing is I was, I, I, if I had to do it all over again, I would incorporate my faith in a lot of different things. Like I wouldn't hide it from anybody. I felt like I had to hide it. You know, I am baptized in Catholicism. I don't practice Catholicism every day, but I have Catholicism roots and went to Catholic school. But I would have lived, cause there would be many a times when I would be at work or things would happen to me and they would be so devastating. And I've had so many things that at that job that happened to me that were devastating that I didn't realize how much I should have instead of worrying about it and talking about it I should have been praying about it so if I were to have a do-over I would definitely incorporate my faith I think that the one thing at this age I'm just 
that's just a part of who I am. But it wasn't that I was ashamed of it. I just didn't, I couldn't find somebody who could relate to it. You know, I find some little inklings like yourself. I didn't really know at the time that, you know, you gave me this book that changed my life about, is it the power of of a woman or something to that effect? The power of being a woman. Yes. I read that book all the time. When you wrote in there, I have to read you what you wrote. It blessed me tremendously. But what it made me realize, too, is that that I should not be ashamed of my faith, of my God, my Jesus. Like, he's the only reason that I got promotion when I was told I wasn't going to get promoted. He's the only reason I'm sitting here before you because I didn't lose my mind. He's the only reason I was able to successfully raise my daughter and just never be married and not be viewed as a statistic, right? Because people judge. People have a lot of commentary, but they don't know your journey. So I would have to say living out my faith. Another thing is, is that don't let people diminish you in the workspace. So we could both talk to this. The times when we've made mistakes, right? Or we've had these hard conversations or leaders that did not believe in us and um, they didn't promote us. They didn't develop us. They didn't equip us. They did not speak well of us. And we used to think that that was the mechanism to get ahead. Mm -hmm. But what have we learned today? It is not. It seems that way. But if we go back to our faith, right? We know that God is the author of promotion. So he makes it happen and it happens at its appointed time and not a moment before. But I was so caught up in the sauce of, you know, what are other people thinking and why are other people getting ahead of me and things like that. And I had to realize that sometimes people can't give you a good conversation because they don't have the tools and the resources to give it. And they're not giving it from a good place, all to me. Anything we talked about, I always gave you the skinny. I never was like, well, woo, woo, woo. No, this is what's going to be. I'm I'm, going to have to give you a chin check right now. You, if you feel like you're not getting what you need, then we need to go out and readjust and do something different. Now, we need to be making moves. You don't got to make no public announcement. But you need to get out there and do the things that you need to do and be unafraid to do it and have the conversations. There'll be plenty of times. It's not just where we came from, where I've had to share with people who don't value me that I do value myself. And that for me personally, I have courageous conversations all the time. And just because I'm having a courageous conversation doesn't mean that I come across as that I'm not afraid. Right. I'm just doing it. I'm just the person in the arena, like Brene Brown said. You can't fault me when you're not in the arena. I'm willing to have the conversation. So I've been in spaces and places where I've been diminished a lot of times. And so I started believing that self-talk. But now the self-talk is is that at 6.15, you know what my Alexa says to me every morning? At 6.15 in the morning, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that was the reminder that I do before I go to work. So I don't forget to pick up my crown just in case if it fell in the toilet. (laughs) Just in case if somebody rolled over in the parking lot. Just in case if I had a really bad conversation with somebody and I just let it seep on the inside um, or seep on the inside. I'm just realizing my value. And then more importantly is that the best love that you can give is self-love. So I love myself. I can really say that wholeheartedly. I don't think for a long time, I I just, I, you, you know how you try to assimilate and you try to integrate and yeah. people please, and that's a trauma mm-hmm. response. You try to get along, you go with the flow. And where does the flow take you? I try to stay in my swim lane. I try to be polite, buttoned up, unbothered, classy, not, you know, clutch, clutching my pearls. And at the end of the day, nobody cares. <laughs> right? How did you, like, okay, so those courageous conversations, mm-hmm. boundaries, creating boundaries in the workplace, you know, like, or an entrepreneur like myself, creating boundaries with clients and with my team, you know, how, how do you prepare yourself for those conversations? Because 
I I am a reformed people pleaser, and me I'm, too. <laughs> like me I'm, too. <laughs> I'm still working on it. I'm, yeah. I'm a work in progress. Um, but I often find myself in moments where it's like a crossroad, right? And that crossroad is mm, don't say nothing, but you felt you felt it. You mm-hmm. felt it. You seen it, and you like, uh, that ain't right. Or going the other way of speaking up. And saying something like, what do you, what helps you at that crossroads? Wow. Cause you know, being in HR, you have to have a lot of courageous conversations, right? I think what has helped me get better at it because I haven't always been good at it. I think one of my go-tos was just to get quiet and just kind of fade to the background because I don't like a whole lot of conflict, Um, but I'm not opposed to it either. I just don't like it. And so, me too, all to me. So yes, my hand is up. I am a reformed people pleaser because, you know, I don't like a lot of chaos and confusion. Yeah. I think yeah. in order to have a conversation, one of the things that I've gotten better at is self-awareness. So, you know, of course, I'm rereading emotional intelligence. And you have to really know yourself and your trauma responses. You have to understand how your childhood shows up in in spaces, whether you're in relationships or professionally, you have to understand if something triggered you because it could be something as simple as maybe you grew up in a house and you were yelled at and then your boss comes in there and he yells. Unbeknownst to him, because you're a private person, you don't talk about those things, but it traumatizes you. For some people, it could traumatize you to do a couple things. Number one, it could traumatize you in silence because you can best believe and welcome to see that behavior again. Number two, what it does is it gets you so activated to the point that you respond inappropriately. But the third response is the in-between, which is the healed, recognizing, calling the emotion, holding it captive, examining it, and then responding. Most people think they have to respond in the moment. You know what I have learned? I don't ever respond in the moment because people already think women are emotional. I never respond in the moment. I may have to do this, you know, and I have to get my face right because, you know, my face, my facial, my body language is going to give it away because I'm not doing this. Like my arms are folded, but I'm doing this. I always make sure that I'm just like this, because if you're like this, oh, you automatically <laughs> right, right right yeah you yeah. you you getting ready to go to the left and when you go yes. to the left then you're gonna have to bring it back but i've had plenty of conversations and mm-hmm. i've noticed i've gotten so much better at it i make sure it's timely i make sure it comes from a centered place and i don't deal with my feelings i deal with facts i list facts out so example would be you and i ain't, have never gotten into it but say for instance you said something that hurt my feelings and I will call it out and I will say, what are you feeling right now? Am I angry? Am I embarrassed? Am I humiliated? Is this a trauma response? Did she generate something in me? Am I not 100% today? Did something happen to me? So I start examining myself before I respond to you. And then if I feel like, okay, I've done my little self-examination, I reeled it back in, then I'm going to go to you, whether it's a day later, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to let it go a week because that's called ghosting. Okay. Yeah. That a lot of people like to ghost and they don't like to have a conversation. I was going to ask too, because you know, some people will be like, I don't want to talk about it, but then you don't, they don't bring it back up. Like they just, yeah, they just like, it just floats in the air and you feel it. You know, it's there. Every time you interact with the person. They don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're conflict, Mm -hmm. conflict diverse. That's why they Mm -hmm. haven't, they haven't dealt with, themselves as a whole individual people show up to work as adults but they still have childhood trauma they still have pains they still are hurting um they've lost people whatever the case may be but once i have that conversation i'm gonna hit you with three points you know i'm not gonna go over my three points because then you're just doing the dump truck approach but i'm gonna hit you with the facts Mm -hmm. example would be ultimates you know i love you but when we talked yesterday you really hurt my feelings And I'm going to tell you the reason why. You said this about my relationship, and I felt like it was judgment. Can you just kind of help me to understand why did you make that comment? 
did I receive it wrong? Was that the intent? And I and, and if I had responded in the moment, you know what my response would have been? I'm not calling her back. Because she hurt my feelings. I'm not texting her back. And you just, like you said, it's just floating. And it could be something as simple as a misunderstandment, a misunderstanding, excuse me, or maybe you were frustrated and you took how you felt out on me. So then you have to have the accountability. So I'm learning how to shift and let the accountability be on the proper shoulders. And so if the person is not liking what I said, as long as I said it respectfully and I tried to keep you intact, that is not my problem. It is not my issue. What my goal is, is to be a whole and healthy human being. I don't want to harbor any resentment towards somebody because to me, it's not beneficial if somebody did something to you and you just let it float, friend. That's toxic. Because what that person's going to do is be a cancer because you didn't challenge or ask, and maybe you found out and that person really did mean to be mean to you, then you need to govern yourself accordingly, right? I know that's right. I know that. And and can we also just mention that uh, when it's like lingering in the air and it's not being addressed, that is also when we decide to remain silent but take a mental note in our head. Yes. Can we just acknowledge that, right? Those mental notes. They're, they're just as toxic because you have literally just labeled the person in your mind and they don't even have the ability to explain, to clarify, to have a conversation, to either, you know, you, there's nothing there for them at all. You literally just say, oh, okay, I got you, mental note, and you carry on. It's the same. It's the exact same as like, just allowing whatever that unspoken tension to just linger. Cause people feel energy. Like people can feel it. Like even if you don't come out your mouth and be disrespectful or say something inappropriate, they feel, they feel that something is off. They can feel that. They may not say something a week from now. They may not say nothing two months from now. But best believe they know, like, mm, something ain't right. Like, may, are, are they mad at me? Like, did I say something? That mental note, we got to check that. And I'm as I'm saying it, I'm reminding myself. Because, you know, friend, I think I've realized, like, now I am at a season where it honestly, it honestly feels like I'm back at, in that, in that season that we were just talking about, where... It's like, it's like you take two steps ahead, get kicked five steps back, and you're just like, okay. However, th- then I was young, and I was still getting the tools. I was still learning the tools. I was still learning to gain the tools in my toolbox. Now, I've been through it. You know what I'm saying? So, so because I've been through it, I'm like, huh, this feels familiar. So, okay, so that means, you know what I'm saying? Like this feels- You got the tools, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You shouldn't be responding like the woman who was on the bridge. Yeah, yes. I should be responding like the woman on the bridge. If I haven't evolved in my womanhood, that means I really need to check myself and think about getting therapy of some untapped, because those data points, what you said, oh, that that is so good. Those data points should serve as- your operating mode. So if, if, if say for instance, you were in a relationship and you weren't treated well and your go-to response was just to go off and just go left, boom, you should be in jail, right? You should just be in jail (laughs) and just go left. And then you go and you choose the same person. That's a whole nother issue. You choose the same person, just in a different body. You have the same experience. And it's and it's, it's it's re-entering your your traumatized world, and then the next thing you know, because you got tools in your tool bag, if you haven't evolved, and you got to still reach back into that twenty-one year old bag or that thirty year old bag. For me, my forty year old bag, I haven't evolved as a woman. You know what? I'm gonna be poised under pressure. I might have to come in here because I got this bozo over here on the side that nobody can see. I might have to come in here and go 10 rounds 
with Bozo. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Yes. I didn't know the circus was coming to town, but guess what? There won't be no peanuts and funnel cakes over here, right? But at the end of the day, I shouldn't be responding the same either. Anger is an appropriate response, but it's when it's unchecked anger or it's an unchecked response. Like, I don't got to get nasty because somebody got nasty to me. That don't have nothing to do with me. Used to be a time where I'm like, oh, that's just so disrespect now it's like that's your stuff Mm -hmm. and so you can pull these tools out of your tool belt so you can still be a whole human being because people will take you out of character oh yeah people will say things to you they will mistreat you they will not apologize you will you will not get what you're looking for the only thing that is constant in that room are two things that would be your response and your behavior, because you can control that. And if you can't control it, you need to exit out of the conversation. Nothing wrong with telling somebody, I can't really talk right now because I, I can't get my thoughts together. That's not weak. That's a sign of maturity and God being there. Because I will tell God, I, I will ask all the time, Lord, please show me what to say and how to act. Because my flesh mm-hmm. is weak. That thing weak. It's mm-hmm. weak and it's wicked. And I need you to capture that and put that under control because this situation, remember I said about the 615 call? (laughs) I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not not anything on a trash can, Lee. I'm not your trash can receptacle. And those are the things like you and I used to talk about all through your life, all through before even Izzy got here, right? And and we talking about me mothering, how we were parented, how it shows up in the workplace, just everything. Mm-hmm. Check yourself before you what, Altamese? Wreck Girl, yourself. Wreck yourself. <laughs> Girl, yes, because I, I feel like people are unwilling to accept their stuff. And because they are unwilling to accept their stuff, they project it out to you. And like I've been recently, I've been doing shadow work, which is really, really hard because it's like looking at the very human, very, I won't call them dark, but it's like the, the per- things about yourself that you prefer to keep behind closed doors that you just be like, eh, eh. but really those are connected to trauma. They're connected mm-hmm. to trauma responses. So in order to fully embrace yourself wholly and completely as a human being, you got to you can't just love the positive stuff about you. You got to love the negative too. There got to be a harmony where you are become aware that these things exist and say, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this. I know this comes from trauma X. And uh, let me sit with this for a moment because I'm going to honor what I'm feeling, but I'm not going to respond based off of that, that trauma. So let me just sit with it. Let me heal it. Let me understand that it's not about you or me. Like it, the experience is completely disconnected from why I feel how I feel. It's connected to that thing, right? So I'm dealing with that now. And it's interesting because it's as if like when I said, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm willing, show me these things. They started coming up. And I was like, what? That's still there? Yes, and you wouldn't know until you asked for it or you were in a situation that situation. caused it to resurrect. Yeah, because, you know, I didn't have people around me that triggered certain things. Like, you know, we all cool. So, like, I could just be, like, in a conversation with you. And like you said, Tanya, we have never had in the years. Never. I We have never had any. those. That's, like, the majority of my relationships. Now, all of a sudden, I get a little rumble and tumbles. And I'm just like, what? And how I respond, I was like, whoa, Altamese, where does that come from? And God's like, mm-hmm, sit with it. Sit, sit with that. Sit yeah. with that. Let's sit, let's sit and work with it. You know, and, and he didn't say for a hot minute either, Altamese. He, no. said, he said, sit with that, that. know what it feels yeah. like. Because yeah. you should not be putting that out in the world. You should it this is ugly. It's ugly whether you do it. It's ugly when somebody else does it. And it's just that shadow work, I heard about that um, with Lauren London. 
um, she was talking to Angie yes. Martinez and she was talking about yes. the shadow work that yes. she's so busy doing her shadow work that she don't have time to be looking at what other people are doing. Uh -uh. It's of no interest you can't, to her. You can't focus on other people because you're so like, man, I do that. Like, oh, and it's not to condemn. It's it's humility. Yes. Like once you realize that I'm I'm no better than anybody else. It doesn't matter how much I have read, how many degrees I have, what I do. I am no better mm -mm. than the person to my left nor my right. There, there's no sin greater than the other. So when I recognize and I identify like, okay, I have this in me, right? And God still loves me. Right. Like that love is still there. Like all those broken pieces. Unconditional. Mm -hmm. Like and then that allows me to say, okay, you know what? I, I, I can love all of me, not just the pretty stuff, but the ugly stuff too. Because you know, it's stuff, important. Self-love is important. But you it know what? Important. You had asked me, Altamese, you had asked me, friend, about the mentors. I'm glad that I had some women in my life that um, taught me how to be a good mother, taught me about what to say and what not to say. And then I also had some women who just, it just really hurt my feelings mm. that really uh, would say cruel and unusual things, things that are, were not true, things that did not edify, did not promote me. But I guess God always says that, you know, those things are meant for not your harm, but for your good. But at the time when you're going through it, it's not, mm. it's hurtful. You know, you're, you're, you're just looking to people for guidance not just your parents, but when you get in the workplace, your parents are no longer there. So nobody can be a covering to you. You have to take all the tools, all the resources that you have, and you have to go out and thrive. That is a really hard objective. That's why I can really appreciate about our friendship, our relationship, our mentorship, because mentorship is also telling you the things that you don't want to hear. Like you didn't handle that right. Or you, if somebody say, well, was I being rude? Was I being rude? Yeah, you were. Because you've been rude to me. Those are facts. It's not feelings. So it is looking at some of the things that you don't do relatively well. But those mentors, they help you be a better iteration of yourself, right? Some mentors come into your life and they're not really mentors. They're like lessons to teach you mm, of what yeah. not to be. Of what not to do. What it looks ugly on you. It's it's not a good look. Yeah. It's not giving yeah. um fashion runway model vogue any of that, <laughs> right? It's right. giving hate. You know, because yeah. we as women, we have to deal with so many isms in our life. I don't think people understand how heavy it mm. really is. And so you come to work to try to seek some validation that's the wrong place to go to to seek it. If you're not trying to have validation or self-love for yourself, it spills out everywhere. So you're always seeking for somebody to say, you did a good job on that project. And then when they come back and tell you it was trash or you could have done it better, you take it personally. Instead of saying, I did my best. Mm. Could I do better? Maybe I was under distress. But it's those mentors that come back and say, well, let me look at it. Let me look at the project. Let me look at the email that you wrote. Oh, so you were hot when you wrote this. Next time, you know what I would do? I would go take a 10-minute walk before you sit in. Remember the, the skill, the, the tip you said? Go on and do a save draft. Yeah. Write it up. <laughs> I remember you said, write it up. Just leave it. Walk yep. away. Go on about your day. And then come back. Before you go home and see, gotcha. do you still want to send it? Yes. Yes. It would work like a charm. Because <laughs> half the time, Altamese, you'll be like, that's not even worth my time. Yes. You're firing off an email, and then you know I'm going to have to put my little HR foot up in there. Beep, beep, like, it's all gas and no stopping. <laughs> Emails are discoverable. Yes. Like, you mm. send that email, and you, you, you got so-and-so told, and guess what? what so-and-so did. He forwarded it to this person and then it went to that person and your inappropriate commentary because you was hot or you were upset, now everybody sees it. If you don't want it on the news, 
some thoughts to me are left better left unsaid. Because if you thought about it, and you said that, I was like, I'm laughing because I was like, that was my go-to. Because I would be, I would be, I had it. I think you told me about it. I I remember you saying like, don't send a friend. Wait a second. Save draft. Walk away. And then before you leave for the day, check it and see if you want to. And if you're not going to send it, just delete it. Just delete delete it. it. And most of the time, they got deleted. Or modified. Modified. I love it. Altered. Changed. Yes. Changed. Reconstructed. <laughs> yes. That's yes. what you call okay. maturity, boo. That's called maturity. You don't fire off nothing. You don't throw a hand grenade and expect it not to be an explosion or an implosion. That's almost like career suicide. Like you really was thinking you're going to tell me off in the chat or you're going to um, come through and you know what I'm doing? Going straight. You know, people don't understand. Like, I'm just going to print it. People print that stuff out. Right? Yeah. It's just be like, well. <laughs> because you can't, it's like saying something to somebody and you can't take it back. Yeah. Words have so much power. Oh, they do. They can ruin a whole world. That. Yeah, they, I don't think people notice just how powerful words are. I don't think people realize it. They, they don't. think it's, uh, you know, casual throughout the day, jokes, whatever. But, like, those words hold weight. And I don't know if people realize it, but we, we speak life. We mm-hmm. literally, we speak out. I said I wanted to work at Cartoon Network when I was in college. I moved to Atlanta to work at Cartoon Network. I spoke that out my mouth. Right. Five years after moving, I worked at Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. That was not by no happenstance. That did you also remember some of the things that people did say to you that, you know, not that we love the, the positive part, but do you remember something, one thing that somebody has said to you, because I'm sure it's been many, because we've all, that had, had you really thinking like, I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. People were very um, concerned that I was moving to Atlanta with no job in sight and this quote unquote dream job or hope job. Um, had no idea what I was doing. I remember when I far- first bought my house, somebody was like, there were two people. One was like, girl, what are you doing? You don't even know how, like the importance of, you know, home management and all this other stuff, home ownership. And I had another friend who I thought she was my friend. I remember her saying, so what's your husband going to give you? If you like buying yourself a house, like what's mm-hmm. he going to what's he going to give you that like you're not making room for you know the the man to come in and like give you and i remember like initially i was like girl what are you talking about but stuff like that like you said i was like well i i'm not trying to like block a blessing but i like i also don't think i want a man who would be like oh you bought you got a house i don't want you you know like i can't give you a house you know like Yes, you can. And we can make this a rental property. I was thinking the same thing. Ultimately, it's like any man who loves you, if you went out and bought the house, he would just say, okay, that'll just be another property or we're going to sell it and we're going to go buy another house. So that's never going to be an issue. If people, and and I've realized people speak out of their own fear, Mm -hmm. like out of their own personal experiences, their own personal judgments of themselves. And then they wrap it in this bow of protection. Like they think they're protecting you by saying the things that they're saying when in reality, it it's not. Mm-hmm. Like God got a whole assignment on your life and it's meant to be fulfilled. And even if they don't see the vision, God gave you the vision. So some of the parts of the vision they won't have. They're mm-hmm. not the visionary having it. So you cannot expect them to be able to see what you see. It's up to you to just move accordingly. And I, I feel like you know, as women, we 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 get a lot. We hear a lot. It, it's, it's a bunch of things, whether it's from our parents, 
whether it's from our friends, whether it's from our loved ones, our relationships, like whatever, we get it all the time. Society, what's, what we're supposed to be doing, what we're not supposed to be doing. And then as black women, add that in, yeah. right? We carry the, the weight, right? We we were taught, and I know, I, you know, I, I know you could probably relate to this, but we were taught to be in the workplace twice as good, great, and accept half. Yeah. And that was the expectation. Like, no, you don't just show up. You show up in excellence to be twice as great, knowing that you can only get half. And that's a lot of pressure. A lot. It's a lot it's like, of pressure to carry. That's why I'm so grateful for mentors like you, because there were landmines, and I remember a few of them, where... Had I not had a mentor in my life that that knew the organization, that knew certain players, knew the understanding of like, okay, well, if this person got this title, you may want to hold off. You want you may want to maneuver in this way. Had I not had that, I would have hit so I hit some, right? But there were some that I were that I feel like I was saved from because other people hit them first. And they were they were comfortable saying, "Hey, I hit this. Don't don't go there." Right. And they were willing to tell me, "If you keep going this way, Artemise, this is what's gonna happen." And I recommend you shift. Like it, I'm so grateful for those women. And I I want to number one thank you yet again for being one of those women in my life. Like constantly, even after that job. But like. I also want to ask you if there, if there is a woman listening to this and she wants to cultivate a relationship, a mentor, what advice, what tips would you provide her? And, you know, how would you encourage her to navigate those conversations and those uh, relationships? Yeah, I would just say to this person, and and this would probably be to our former selves, right? Is don't be afraid to ask. Um, Don't be afraid to ask a person who has influence, because there's a different thing, too, is you want some sponsors as well. People who can speak Mm. influence and influence the outcomes to have the opportunities to sit at these tables of decision making. So you want that as well for the promotion, for the exposure, for the opportunity. That's a separate conversation. But for the mentors, I would be unapologetically unafraid to ask. And if you're going to ask a person to be your mentor, don't waste that person's time. You know, come prepared with the information that you need. Come prepared looking for, trying to be solutions oriented. Don't just keep on drinking from the well and not try to replenish because the time spent is not just for you to get the information, it's to discover. The mentor is not there to give you all the answers. They're just supposed to open up the resources to you to help you to discover, to increase your analytical and critical thinking, right? So don't sit at that that at the feet of all these great people and, mm-hmm. and come away like, I'm just going to absorb all this knowledge. No, no, no. This is a give and take relationship, right? I'm going to give a lot and you're going to take a lot. But you are leading the charge. We're not looking for jobs. We're looking for careers. So if that's what you're looking to do, you're going to have to be open and transparent. And not come in there thinking you know it all. Because some people just to tell them that they are great. You are not. <laughs> okay? I'm not. I'm not 100%. I'm great in a lot of areas, but there's some things I'm just not so great at. And guess what? I'm still okay with me because I'm not great about it. Come prepared to have a real conversation. Because if you're going to be buttoned up, guarded, you're not ready, you're unhealed, you're defensive, you're not going to be able to get the most out of the mentoring. The beautiful thing about our mentorship, it wasn't because we were different in ages, the age differences. Mm -hmm. What was good about the mentoring is that you were here, I was here, and this was the gift, right? We just pulled. 
We just pulled out a gift. You would give me books. I've watched you buy your first house. I've watched you have your child. I've watched you do a lot of things. I've watched you in relationships. I've watched you pivotal point of your career when you went into entrepreneurship. I watched you work for good managers. I watched you work for not so good managers. And guess what? You've weathered the storm. And it was based on those conversations where you had to be real about what you were feeling. So unapologetically, if you felt the need to cry about it, that was the safe space to do it. Now, what I need you to do is get up off the floor and go out and be great. Now, go reclaim your clown and take that email out of save ass. (laughs) Right? I need you to be a grown little woman. I need you to be the person who you think that you can't be. That's what mentorship is. It's about my favorite mentor on my email is bloom where you're planted. And what does that mean? That means even the flower that is in any environment, it could be in the Serengeti, as dry as that is. Mm -hmm. The flower needs the sun and it needs the rain. I thank God for our friendship because we've had the sun and did we have the rain and the rain and the rain. We had more rain than we had sun. (laughs) We did. But I wouldn't trade it. Like, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Like, because in those seasons, and it was so interesting because I feel like our lives were parallel at times. You know, like, it would be like, it was a season where I, I needed and appreciated you pouring into me and then it will flip yes. and then it'll flip back and then it'll flip again. And it was just, it was this beautiful dance. Yeah. yeah. It was like a beautiful flow of give and receive. Mm-hmm. And, and there wasn't anyone giving more than the other. And yet, you know, like it was just, it was rich to me. It was rich. It was rewarding and it was worth it because now as I sit, on this other side, and I'm looking at your mindset podcast for your company. I'm saying, if you think about that, what a blessing. Again, the flower needs both the rain and the sun to bloom. So for me personally, I appreciate the mentorship. I didn't know it was going to be reverse mentoring. I didn't know that I still had a lot to learn. And those books, those conversations that you talked to me about being married, I've never been married. I desire to be married still at the tender age of 52. It's like, I I still desire that. And I realize too, my value that I have, that whether I'm married or not married, that doesn't define to make me valuable or less valuable or more valuable. And even in the workspace, I work unto the Lord I present my gifts to him. And whenever there is something that I need, I invest in my mentors. And I in, I want my mentors to invest in me. Because in these seasons, we change as people and as women. And then at the end of the day, we hope that we can have conversations like this. Where it's, it's just served its purpose. And it's still going on today. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. If someone wanted to just reach out to you and say thank you Tanya for this conversation how could they find you well first of all you can definitely email me or you can find me on LinkedIn you know Tanya Turner I work at uh, Salto as the HR director and you could just follow me I always try to put inspirational quotes out there and then if you want to Definitely reach out to me and you want to talk to me, you can certainly find Altamese and then we can connect from there because remember, we're all bridges. So she's the bridge to you. And like I said, I'm out there on social media, just living my best life. It's not been easy, but I'm just doing it unapologetically. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're absolutely amazing. You are too. I'm glad to see you. I know, I know. And thank you to everyone listening. I hope this was just so edifying for your spirit as it has been for me. And we will catch you in the next episode.
We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode of the Azar Mindset Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to stay connected and in the know of all upcoming inspiring conversations with Altamese Nicole and inspiring women from all around the world. Until next time, stay soft and fearless, queen.